I'm your host, Renata. Each week, a bookworm or creator adds a kid's book they love to our shelf. But before they tell us all about it, I need them to answer some important questions to jam their brains with creativity. Now, I know those of you who listened last week might be thinking, how is the pod cave able to pass through a tunnel? Well, it's complicated. Occasionally, portals get opened by the magic creatures that come out of the shelf, and it was inevitable we'd end up somewhere else, really. Thankfully, with the work of an old fire-breathing friend I invited back for a quick, unrecorded visit, we were able to blast our way back through the tunnel to our home. I notified the portal authorities about the unmanaged opening, and they paid us a visit and closed them up. So... No more tunnels for the endless shelf. Now it's time to meet this week's guest. Gabrielle Bassett is an Aussie scientist, author and mum. She is an advocate for disability, diversity and inclusion. Her book week this year was so full of fun and her first author visits. She is an active and supportive member of the Australian kids' book community and has been taking lots of really cool interviews about her writing. Her first picture book, Jack's Best Day Ever, came out in May this year, and we're going to have a chat about it today. We're endlessly happy to have you on the shelf, Gabby. Hi, Renata. Thank you so much for having me. I'm oh, super it's happy lovely to, be to have you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Happy thank to be here. lovely intro. <laughs> oh, no worries. So, what do you love about kids' books? I just love that they take kids on different adventures and, you know, I, when you ask me that, I picture myself sitting with my kids at night and getting them to choose their books off the shelf and mm. which, you know, which adventure we're going to take that night. And, you know, I love that kids can, you know, have the opportunity to see themselves in books as well. Depending on the book, they can use their imaginations and they can also feel loved and accepted in books. That's right, yeah. Brilliant thoughts. What makes your creative brain stir up new ideas for stories? My brain, since writing my book, has been going on a huge adventure in itself. I can't stop thinking of ideas and, you know, I need to harness all of those ideas. But mm. I have always been a really creative person and I've really not known what to do with that creativity. So I'm really thrilled that I've been able to find an avenue for that, mm. that I love. I'm only new to the, the book writing journey, but I am absolutely loving and loving the children's community. Yeah. It's a beautiful community. And the when I've been able to go to different schools and 
kinder visits, having them look at me with these big wide eyes and, you know, <laughs> really intrigued in what I have to say and, you know, what is inside Jack's book. It's been wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Can you please tell us what kind of stuff you do in your work? I originally started my career as a microbiologist, which wow. is a very long word to say, but it's testing food for, at the time I tested food for bacteria wow. and tested different things to make sure they had no bacteria in them, so things that went into people's bodies. I love that, but I hung up my white coat and started to find other people jobs. We ran mm -hmm. a big project around removing a lot of the cultural and physical barriers so that everybody had a level playing field and that everybody had the same opportunity as each other. And, you know, my own son, he yeah. uh, is neurodiverse. He's just a, a super, super wonderful human being and yeah. is very creative and kind. Love for him one day to have the opportunity that people that apply for my organization have. Yeah, you're building an inclusive world for him and also representing him in an art form and that is such a valuable thing for kids to be able to see themselves in story. That's going to be really, really meaningful for a lot of parents and kids out there. I think that's just brilliant. I'm so it's a beautiful book. Oh, thank just. you. You know, the the book is quite complex in itself because on one way it's telling people about, you know, kids with neurodiversity, but it's also a really wacky fun story. Yeah. You know, because I wanted to stretch my own children's imagination and yeah. get them to go on an adventure and Jack is I mentioned he's neurodiverse. He's very literal. What he says goes a few weeks ago he made a Father's Day present. And it was a beautiful frame and around the side had puzzle pieces. So, and it said, I love you, dad, to pieces. You know, mm. it was beautiful. And he kissed it, which means that he really loved it. Whatever oh. he loves, he kisses. And I said, Oh, Jack, it's sealed with a kiss. And he said, No, 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 it's made with glue. <laughs> <laughs> and he says things like, Oh, you know, I have to start writing these down. They're just gold. Yeah. <laughs> what a character. It's, it's just yeah. gorgeous. <laughs> I just wanted him to enjoy reading. And yeah. He finds reading really difficult and yeah. we're still working through that. I wanted to create a book that he would love and I wrote it in lockdown time. So I wanted to block out the children and, you know, channel my creativeness. And also I looked on my own bookshelf and realized there was no diversity in there. And yeah. I thought it's so important. And Annabelle Hale, the illustrator, has done an amazing job. She at has representing the entire community within oh. the one book. Beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And you know, she's just won an award. I'm so thrilled for her. And this yeah. could be awards for emerging artists and very you know, well deserved. Very well deserved. She just yeah, has an absolute knack for representing everybody. The perfect yeah. match for your story. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Did you get to see many of the pictures? prior to no not at all really i mean it's okay. it, you know one or two but i think it's really important to let the illustrator shine when you're writing a book about your family you have a lot of investment and you know yes mm. i said to her here's my children they have red hair at least <laughs> and they wear glasses but that's where it ended you know it was really up to her i had nothing to do with that until the end you know funnily enough we live about three blocks from each other and what? 
the publisher is based in Sydney and we're in Melbourne and <gasps> we didn't know that until after we finished the book. So you know, That is so cool. I know. Oh, cool. I mean, we could literally. have you know, met <laughs> earlier and sort of <laughs> had a lot more together, but that would have really stifled her ability to create the book. So I think it's important to just give them that space. Yeah. yeah. And what a wonderful thing has come from it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Since then, we've been uh, able to go to kinders and schools and <gasps> have a book launch oh, together. together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Oh, and a beautiful friendship has grown. Hopefully. <laughs> How do you balance the fun stuff kids love to read with heartfelt messages relating to your passions? It was really tricky. And when yeah. I first wrote the book, I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote, and it was way too long, <laughs> like completely too long. I needed to pull it back. It always had that fun stream through it, but mm. I think it was a cathartic process in itself to just, you know, get it all out and then pull yeah. it back. I really wanted to get that message across in terms of, you know, neurodiversity and the disability representation in the book that, you know, everybody's a great friend and everybody thinks differently and everybody is different but we all contribute to society and we're all wonderful friends so that's the serious part of the book and then the fun part is the completely imaginative story around the zoo where Mm. you know they go on a different journey on the back of jack's friend's wheelchair the crux of the story is that jack eats peanut butter sandwiches all the time and that's exactly what happened in lockdown he asked for peanut butter sandwich about 50 times one day (laughs) i thought there's definitely a story in there somewhere yeah (laughs) and um, And i bet the element of the zoo was somewhat aspirational being stuck inside all the time and you're like oh to be outside somewhere would be great (laughs) you're probably right you're probably right If you wore a crown made out of Christmas lights every day for a year, would it give you any good ideas? Mm, might give me a bit of a headache. <laughs> Neck <laughs> issues, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I might uh, start glowing or something. I don't know. Mm. It might need to be solar powered or else um, you're not going to go very far (laughs) for that year. (laughs) I think uh, Jack would be way too interested in it and he would take them off my head and go and use them for something creative and I will tell you what he did one day. I haven't told anyone this story yet, so you're the first. (laughs) Um, He's so creative. One day downstairs to do a run and went to put my runners on and he chopped the shoelaces right off. Oh. And I went up to him and I said, Jack, what are you, what, why, why have you done this? And he said, oh, I needed the rope. <laughs> oh, okay. I needed the rope to create something. <laughs> trying to say is he would take those Christmas lights off my head and tie something up and try and make something. <laughs> yeah, always full of ideas, hey? Yeah. To your constant inspiration, he's a bit of a muse to you. Yes, he takes creativity to the whole next level. What do you love about neurodiverse minds? I just love that they bring difference in thinking. We, as neurotypical people, think a certain way and then all of a sudden somebody comes in with an idea that you just haven't thought of and really changes and opens your mind to different ideas and how it would impact somebody as well. 
I think neurodiversity is, it might be an evolving kind of concept, but it's been around for a long time. And you watch a space mm. over the next few years, it's, there's creative minds are really going to open up to some special I you know, agree. thoughts. Yeah. If we can yeah, harness that they, and make accessibility needs for where people need it. Could change the world, couldn't mm, it? Absolutely. It's amazing. Why is pizza better than all the other food? Oh, are you saying that from your opinion? Hmm. I feel like it's a pretty popular opinion, but it might be my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anything with carbs in it is clearly the best type of food ever. So I'm on on par with pizza and pasta there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, pasta, excellent. (laughs) What is your favourite part of the story-making process? Love plotting out characters' journey. It's Mm. something that I've been working on and something that I've gotten better at, I think, being a bit more structured in the way that I write a story and Mm. having that really strong hook. It is definitely an art form in itself. Yeah. It it takes a lot of work. You know, children's books can look very easy, but they're not easy at all. They want to laugh and they want to be immersed in the story and big job to do to get them to do that. Yeah, absolutely. What do you hope that kids get out of this story? Well, first and foremost, I hope they have fun with it. I hope they laugh and I hope they can see themselves in the story, whether they like peanut butter sandwiches or not. (laughs) It has something for everybody and I hope that they we were all good friends and, you know, everybody has something to offer. Everybody thinks differently. You know, that that is not a scary thing. It is a wonderful thing. And, you know, that we can all be really good friends if we can find out what makes um, each other tick. That's lovely. Yeah, I love that. Who invented llamas? Hmm. The uh, llama king. Ooh. <laughs> oh, okay. Like the tiger king or the llama king? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready to focus in on your book now? Okay. Excellent. So, where are we at the beginning of Jack's best day ever? So, Jack, this is the bit where he we find out of his love of peanut butter sandwiches and mm-hmm. about his friendship with people at school. And so he goes around the zoo and tries like different foods that perhaps he wouldn't normally enjoy. And then the more he goes on, the, you know, the more courage he gets and the more he wants to try new things, which, which is wonderful. And about his sisters as well, who, you know, some of his biggest fans. And then he goes on a journey around the zoo, trying different foods that he hasn't perhaps tried before. It's a bit scary, but he, Shuts his eyes and, you know, has a chomp and loves it. So we, we meet some really fun animals throughout the zoo, uh, throughout the story as well. You know, some cheeky meerkats and some Ooh. beautiful giraffes. And then at the end, we get to Jack's favorite, which is the lions. And oh, it's a boy. bit of a, you know, a tricky situation where the lions get a bit hungry and a bit. What was that? Oh no. <gasps> Watch oh out, my Renata. goodness! Oh dear! Oh! <gasps> oh! 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 O
actually quite pretty. You know what? I love fireworks. Well, I guess that's our episode done then. Thanks everybody for listening. And you can find Jack's best day ever online or in bookstores or at libraries near you. See you later. This is a reminder not to let your podcast mascot play with fireworks. It's just not safe. This episode was a blast. See you next week.